Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. It's a big day on the show here today. First, let's start with we always like to say hello to new partners on the show. And this is going to be a new partner that many of you are very familiar with. It is a pop culture Tuesday. This week, it'll have a bit of a Halloween flavor to it later on in the program. But for now, Here's some uh, pop culture news that some of you may be a lot more excited about. Um, The wait is over. Season three of The Chosen is in theaters November the 18th. Season three of The Chosen is in theaters November the 18th. That means I need to finally get around to watching season two. That's what that means. I mean, season one was absolutely incredible. Season three picks up right where season two left off. Uh, including you're going to get a chance to see Christ deliver the most famous sermon in all of history. And you're going to see enemies and followers of Christ on both ends end up multiplying as the season progresses as well. So episodes one and two, they will be in theaters for season three of The Chosen, November the 18th. And then episodes will start releasing for free on The Chosen app before Christmas. If you want more information, thechosentickets.com. The Chosen. Make sure the the is in there. Thechosentickets.com. Again, that's thechosentickets.com. Other big news today is the release of my next book, and now it's my new book. Why Thanksgiving? The children's or the children's the pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America because they love God. It is available right now. We were able to get this thing out uh, a full month before Thanksgiving. When a few months ago we weren't even sure it'd get out a week before Thanksgiving, and so that is the life of supply chains and the Let's Go Brandon economy. Uh, if you want to get a preview of this book, you want to make sure it's right for your family, your ministry, community, etc. Don't forget. We did a read live on the show last week. Get that to link to that at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. We took you through that entire book in just about eight minutes. All right. So not that long of a video at all. And you got a chance to sample it for yourself. But we hope if it is successful and pre-sales have gone very well, we hope that it'll be the first in a new series on America's Christian heritage. So this is the history that has largely been removed from your history books when talking about the history of Thanksgiving and the pilgrims. For those of us that um, are Gen X or older, you remember that the uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special was a little different and longer when we were growing up. There was a second half-hour aspect where Charles Schultz took you through the history of the pilgrims, including uh, the faith-based aspect of their journey. They don't show that on American television much anymore because they're trying to hijack your legacy heritage uh, in history as a people. Well, we're going to try to put that back in. And so when my publisher asked me, would I be interested in doing a series of children's books on American history? I'm like, well, haven't, you know, like... Rush Limbaugh and a bunch of people already done that and probably a lot better than I could. So what could I do that would be unique? And um, I suggested we do it explicitly about America's Christian heritage. They agreed and then said, okay, where does it start? Well, to me, America's Christian heritage begins where it begins. That's always my answer on stuff. When you ask me whether it's life, whether it's this series of books, when do things begin? 
at the beginning. That's when they begin. And it begins with the Pilgrims and Plymouth Rock. And so uh, this takes you through that story, the incredible providential history of uh, running into a native named Squanto thousands of miles from home who just so happened to know about their religion and their language. What are the odds of that? Astronomical, which just goes to show you the hand of providence on their journey and on their landing as well. So if you want to get that history and share that uh, with your children, because chances are they're not going to get it from any school they're going to of the public variety. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com right now. Why Thanksgiving? The Pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. Available today. You can get it to ship out to you today. Plenty of time for the holiday. Thousands of you guys have already ordered uh, copies of this already, and I just wanted to say thank you very much. Um, the illustrator team over at Post Hill Press and everybody did phenomenal work on this. So again, it's called Why Thanksgiving? The Pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. And it drops, as we say, in the industry. In other words, it's available for order today. All right, coming up today on the show, I already mentioned Pop Culture Tuesday. It'll have a little bit of a Halloween flavor to it. For next hour, for fake news or not, I'm going to allow myself to be judged because over the weekend, some of the uh, right-wing watchdog groups, Mediaite and a few others, uh, took some liberties with this show and said that some things I was claiming were a tad over the top. And... S.E. Cup, who I didn't even know was still around. I had no idea she was even still around. Told me that I need to seek help for making claims that the Democrats are a demonic construct. The policies that they are seeking out on the left are satanic. I don't know. Maybe they're right. Because I know this. I, I don't want to. I don't want to use such terminology Loosely. I don't want to cavalierly use such terms. Because if and when the real thing actually shows up and you name it what it is, that better carry some weight. It better be potent. It better land when you put that kind of a label on things. So am I taking liberties here? Do I need to seek help? Or am I accurately gauging and calling out the signs of the times? We'll discuss that next hour for fake news or not. At the bottom of this hour, the man who blew the whistle on the partisan political activities of the FBI, Stephen Friend, he is going to join us next hour, or I'm sorry, next segment. And we got a hold of him. I've not mentioned this yet publicly. We got a hold of him because he came to me uh, via social media. He reached out to me a few weeks ago, shortly after the story uh, of what he alleged broke, and said it was actually tuning into our show that had a huge impact on convicting him that he had to come forward, which is just an, I mean, that's just an incredible honor. And so we've been working uh, to get him on, and... Uh, he's got legal loopholes and things of that nature he has to clear, but we were just given the all clear the other day. He is going to join us at the bottom of this hour for an interview you do not want to miss. 
All right, that's coming up here in just a matter of moments. But of course, every day at this time, you all tune in for something you don't want to miss. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the definition of a lie. If you want the definition of a lie, look no further than last night's gubernatorial debate between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Democrat challenger Charlie Crist. You're the only governor in the history of Florida that's ever shut down our schools. You're the only governor in the history of Florida that shut down our businesses. I never did that as governor. You're the one who's the shutdown guy. We need to have somebody who is at the helm that understands it's important to listen to science, to do what's right, to utilize common sense. You don't just shut down at the outset, and then when it's you know politically convenient for you, you want to open back up to score political points. Here's how DeSantis responded. Well, so he opposed having kids in school. His supporters sued me to keep the kids out of school in 2020. And, ha- and how critical was that decision? We just got the nation's report card, the results from all 50 states. Florida, number three in fourth grade reading and number four in the country in fourth grade math. And if you adjust that for demographics, we are number one in the country in both. That would not have happened if we let Charlie Chris and his friends lock our kids out of school like they did in California and like they did in New York. We did Thank it right you, in Florida. The newest Trafalgar Group poll of the Georgia Senate race shows Herschel Walker up by two and a half points over Democrat Raphael Warnock. A new Pennsylvania Senate race poll by CBS shows John Fetterman with a two-point lead over Mehmet Oz as Interactive Polls on Twitter points out GOP in Pennsylvania holds a 13-point lead amongst voters who will definitely vote in the same poll overstated Democrat Democrat support by almost six points back in 2020. In Arizona, gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake was asked how she would handle the NFL threatening to pull the Super Bowl out of her state in February in protest of her immigration policies. I don't think the NFL is that stupid. I really don't. You want to tell me that a bunch of football teams owned by billionaires are okay with fentanyl pouring across our border at a record level killing our young people. Number one killer right now is fentanyl. I don't want to have to face another parent who's lost a 17-year-old son, a 19-year-old daughter, a 20-year-old daughter. We're losing our future, Mike. And so if the NFL has a problem with that, they're going to have to uh, lick their wounds. Hillary Clinton. Hello, Indivisibles. Hillary Clinton is back out there saying stuff. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Headline from Time magazine, Americans are casting midterm ballots at record rates, which means the results might take longer. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, how do you say fortify in Chinese? MSNBC had a focus group on Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Trump voters about the events at the Capitol on January 6th. I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors. doors. So, yeah. oh, that's I mean, I, they opened the gates. So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no. No. if no, they participated he in January 6th. He didn't, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police. An unarmed officer. female veteran. Was that's the only one. 
that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No, it was a stroke. Attack. That's not. That's, that's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, what do you him. make though overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. That it looked a lot true. like Antifa's actions. Yeah, it looked a lot, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the Black Lives Matter riots. That's it's what I saw. The similarities to being Minneapolis one. burns, Kenosha burns. But so it's okay Lockershaw just because burns. just because I, one side that you no. disagree. With. I'm it's saying okay. Antifa no, infiltrated. It's good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody I don't who see harmed anybody, way. anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the right. people's house, no less, yeah. that, I, that's again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen. And people should not be being held political prisoner. Uh, because of it for misdemeanors that's east germany that's east tactics yeah matt walsh spoke at the university of wisconsin last night protesters gathered vandalized multiple areas of campus the university apologized and protesters responded by shredding a bible and eating it now listen to this the national health services of the uk has ended its so-called gender affirmative care model for youth in england in other words no more genital mutilation for children who think they're the opposite sex. NHS runs every facet of healthcare in that country. The NHS threw the United States under the bus, saying the so-called affirmative model originated here and came to the conclusion there's no data that proves the gender affirmative model actually leads to positive outcomes. The changes came after the CAS report, a systematic review of practices used to treat gender dysphoric children dropped in February of this year. We'll see if the NHS holds firm when the ghouls come for them. Employees at Twitter are circulating an open letter begging new prospective owner Elon Musk to let them keep their jobs, employment benefits, and the ability to shape discourse on the platform. Musk in recent days has said he's going to pursue sharp cuts in Twitter's labor force. And finally, what is Christian nationalism? Here's the Babylon Bee. One day, Trump had a meeting with Satan in his underground lair and concocted a diabolical plan to trick Christians into voting for him. Ah, that's so funny. Ah. By banning abortion and helping all the people find jobs. Which means to me jobs. That's what it means, jobs. Thus, Christian nationalism was born. And millions of so-called Christians voted for Trump, even though he's not a perfect man. Unlike all the other politicians, despicable. Here are some telltale signs of being a Christian nationalist. Prayer, going to church, having lots of kids, being white, or being any other race, but still loving America. You can find that entire video on the Babylon Bee's YouTube channel, and that's what happened while we were away. Wow. That's, I mean, that's uh, everything they do pretty much is well done, but that's... That's pretty cheeky, even for the Babylon Bee. I mean, they came out there swinging. No question about it. That's very well done. Um, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you want to get glasses like mine or maybe even nicer ones, uh, these are Roden stock eyewear frames available for the first time uh, just in the last year or so uh, for mass distribution in the United States. That's a 144-year-old German import company considered the gold standard when it comes to eyewear. And now you can get it for even problematic prescriptions like I have, a little far and a little nearsighted. Um, and you can get it for the good old-fashioned regular 
stigmatisms as well. If you want to take advantage of the fact that technology has finally caught up with your prescription, go to our friends at betterspectacles.com slash Steve to schedule a teleoptical appointment today with some of the best opticians in the country. And they are offering you an introductory offer, 61% off their ghost spec lenses, and they throw in the handcrafted Rodenstock frames for free. 61% off their GoSpec lenses and then free handcrafted rodent stock frames to get you started when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Once again, that is betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, I have published my updated forecast for the midterm elections, which will take place two weeks from today. Remember, it was a few weeks ago I began telling you this is not going to be a red wave. It is going to be a red tsunami. And now I am seeing plenty of other people uh, are now using such terminology, including uh, New Gingrich, for example, I saw was using that terminology about 24 hours ago. What does a red tsunami look like? I'm going to show you later today in the overtime with what will right now seem to be aggressive projections. But the idea of calling this a tsunami a few weeks ago was an aggressive projection as well. All right, so we will get into that later today in the overtime. We're going to record it just for you, our beloved Blaze TV subscribers, uh, right after today's show. Upload it for you so that you can watch it at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, that is where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber for just 10 bucks a month if you're not one yet. blazetv.com slash dace. To the montage we go. A couple of things I want to touch on quickly. One, Todd, reaction to your alma mater. Uh, This is not my shock face. No. 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 Actually, I thought it, it was fairly sedate, though compared <laughs> that's where we are yeah no one no, nothing exploded and no one died so therefore it was sedate right that's that's where we I are mean, if there had yeah. been attempted pagan sacrifices out well, of they the did, sidewalk they, they I, did they did eat the bible they they ate it walk me through the mindset of the person who says eating the bible will show people how enlightened smart and um, pro-science, I really am. Go. Uh, I love Venn diagrams, Steve. You know that about me. <laughs> Thank you, Kamala. Yes. Let the word of God dwell richly with it. Is that- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think that's what it means. Um, I, I, I can't with Hillary Clinton. I just, at this point, frankly, I may, I may actually. Greetings, earthlings. I, I may put a cease and desist just no, no longer to be on the show. I just can't. I mean, it's just. We have better enemies at this point. Watching that old hag cling to some form of relevance, I, I can't do it. And that might have been the last time for the foreseeable future that you will see Hillary Clinton in a montage or, dis- or, or discussed on this program whatsoever. I just, I just kind of think we have to have some standards here and maybe need to move on. Thoughts? You're, our, you're the show ombudsman, Todd. What say you? No. She, she won't let you. She is. I, I think this is... This is a positive that she's back. Uh, it, everybody. Guess I, who's back? Yeah. Everybody seeing her show up again knows that the greatest hits of the Democratic Party are not about you. Everybody knows that the Clintons are not about you. Her being in the ring is a helpful 
talisman. I, I think. I, I just I, think they offer us so much material already that I just, it, it, you know, my wife asked me the other day, hey, Journey's coming to town. And I'm like, is Steve Perry yeah. singing? No. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what this feels like, you know? I mean, just move on. I think, I, I think we need to move on. I mean, unless she kills again. But, unless she kills again, which is, of course... Tomorrow. Very possible, yes. Unless she kills again, I kind of feel like we need to move on. Thoughts? I know why you want to move on. Yes. I just, I don't think we should move on. I really don't, because it's... It is what it is. They, that, the, I want to move on from Drag Queen Story. I want to move on from all yeah, that Yeah, but that's, stuff. that's right now, right? That's right now. I think she's more right now. Okay. I mean, she's, she's more president right now than Joe Biden is. Well, this is my, it's, a, it's a low bar, but you're probably correct about that. But who's pulling the strings? Who's calling the shots? It's, not, it's more likely it's her than Joe Biden. We are called Legion. For we are many. Yes. That's who's pulling the strings. Um, NHS, that's the UK's yes. National Health Service. I had not seen this news until, Aaron, you just highlighted it. No, had I? In the montage. And what about linking it and blaming it on the United States? Saying essentially, essentially the United States is who was attempting to export this madness throughout the rest of, of the West and we decided to scientifically study it and realized this is a, you know, it's an effing disaster. What do you think? Break that down for me. What do you think is happening there? I don't think they're going to stay with these. Beelzebub cannot cast out Beelzebub. Hmm. I don't think they're going to. I think the, the trans mob is going to come after them. And I, I don't think they'll go. I, I don't. Th- I hope they will. I mean, I hope they'll stick with these, but I, I don't see that happening. I think once the heat gets turned up. I think they're going to go right back to mutilating uh, kids' genitals. But we did have a situation there where Oxford, from the beginning, was very, very critical of the Imperial College model that Boris Johnson and the rest of the West went with to shut the world. Trump, the rest of the West went with to shut the world down. They were very critical of that from the very beginning. They were critical of a lot of the lockdown data from the very beginning. I mean, we we have cited the Oxford Center for Evidence-Based Medicine. That's the number one rated university in the world, by the way, Oxford University. We cited their Center for Evidence-Based Medicine throughout our book, Fauci and Bargain. We did it on this show for well over a year and a half. There there does seem to be some stream there. And that's something I've of said actual before. real yeah. science happening in the UK in venerable institutions that are not necessarily right wing. Could this be an extension of that, perhaps? Yes. This reminds me of what you said. I think you re- said it uh, just last week about you can see yourself kneeling for the national mm-hmm. anthem at some point. That You know, we would have not very long ago reacted to this as just being some sort of sour grapes. What benefit of the doubt has anybody in the uh, American Western scientific community mm-hmm. earned in mm-hmm. the last five years. Mm-hmm. And we just considering two issues, COVID and gender. Uh, I, I, I think we have seen far more sanity out of Europe on both fronts. I think America has very much um, earned a level of audit mm-hmm. for all of the, the money that goes in 
to all of our research universities, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So much, and, and things like that are even, we, we know because you talk about it, things like that are even tied to football, who stays, who mm-hmm, goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is toxic and, uh, it's come to the point where things should be shut down. And so I have absolutely zero problem, uh, noting that we've, I mean, we did a whole chapter in our book, what what sweden yeah they there are pockets over there that honestly uh we need to be paying far more t- i'd fe- i'd be far more comfortable putting my children uh health care in the hands of entities over there than in most american entities you go back to 2016 with colin kaepernick and the damage that trump did to the nfl by taking them on for those protests right and now imagine an issue that has even more far-reaching implications like the invasion at the border. And and someone with Trump's message really is a protege of Trump. I don't know. I mean, Carrie Lake is a Padawan. We wouldn't, I mean, there wouldn't be a Carrie Lake if it weren't for Trump, right? And she'll tell you that. That's I mean, she's proud of that. Okay. So I'm not criticizing her with that at all. I mean, she'll tell you she is uh, you know, she's she's Trump's Anastasia. Uh, she's a chip off the old block and she's quite proud of that relationship but she also is a much more polished package and a much more devastating level of communicator when for 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 people with with reach beyond the native maga base because of the packaging she comes in and the smoothness by which she articulates things the amount of damage she could do to the national football league if after getting elected and this goes on next winter and spring so there's no games going on that the nfl can deflect to the only thing they're in the news for you know say from from february after the super bowl through the next few months is this battle with the with with the governor of arizona and then other other governors are going to glom on. I, you absolutely got to believe the pressure on governors like Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis to say, no, don't don't bring your Super Bowl here. No, we're with her. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, I, I think that the, I think that they would be foolish to attempt that foolish. That's they, they can only lose there. That's only that's only an L there. Only an L. I think it's because of that last point. It, it, she will rally others to her cause mm-hmm. because it would be suicide for them not to that's why this whole your your point about what would you take uh the, the congress or these governorships yes that's why one last thing i want to mention here and that was the clip that aaron used at the beginning in the debate between uh, ron DeSantis and charlie christ there's lying there's gaslighting and then there is you know literally trying to craft in real time an alternative universe as charlie christ does there the fact that he tried unsuccessfully to blame and get to the right of Ron DeSantis on lockdowns and schools. Bookmark that. I think that is a clear indication of how toxic that issue is for anybody R or D. Anybody. There are very few politicians who can do what Ron DeSantis just did with that because so many of them were in on the scam. But I want you to bookmark that for this time next year. Because if you're Ron DeSantis, you have to make a case running against Donald Trump beyond I'm just not as offensive as he is because it's a Republican primary, not a Fox News, you know, roundtable with Karl Rove on it you know, and telling us who's electable that everybody hates. You know what I'm saying? He can't, 
he can't win that and he shouldn't try to win like that. It would actually ruin his candidacy. He would get labeled as essentially an ingrate. You know what I'm saying? And besides, we all know that he is a smoother communicator with wider appeal anyway. We already know that. To, to try to run on that actually makes it look like you are in, you're an ingrate against your own base. So um, he needs issues where he can actually substantively without talking about tone or meanness or any other stuff nobody cares about on the Republican primary right now, including us. He needs substantive issues where he can get to the right on Donald Trump because Trump also has a record. He can't do it on foreign policy. Trump's record on foreign policy was frankly, other than the Kim Jong-un bootlicking exemplary, right? Okay. Um, He can't really do it on the economy because pre-COVID, Trump's record on the economy was exemplary. And governors like Ron DeSantis were beneficiaries of this, right? What is the one issue? And it's a fairly catastrophic one. What is the one issue that Ron DeSantis, the day he shows up, is to the right of Donald Trump and puts him on the defensive? These, this, the lockdowns. And, 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 and Trump could gaslight his way out of this, but he doesn't want to. That would admit, he would have to admit he was wrong. I mean, he still wants to tell you that his lockdown saved lives. And so bookmark that for about this time next year, when this primary gets really into, into high gear, heading into the fall before Iowa and New Hampshire. Because that's a conversation that's probably going to be had between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump on a much bigger scale. And I think Charlie Crist, of all people, demonstrated how devastating of an issue lockdowns really are. It's just there's very few politicians that could capitalize on it. Ron DeSantis DeSantis just happens to be one of them. Well, you never know with a world in chaos and let's go, Brandon, metastasizing to every endeavor, institution and sector of the culture. Who knows when it hits America's food supply? That's why you want to be ready with our friends at My Patriot Supply. They are America's leading food preparedness company. Right now, they're offering you $250 off on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks and drinks. The full complement of 2,000-plus calories a day that you and everyone in your household needs right now. Just to make sure you have peace of mind should we start Let's Go Brandoning with the food supply here, uh, like we've Let's Go Brandoned with everything else. You want to take advantage of this? Kits ship fast and free. This includes free shipping as well. When you go to MyPatriotSupply.com, that's MyPatriotSupply.com, $250 off. Plus free shipping when you go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That is a deal you cannot beat. MyPatriotSupply.com is where you want to go. So I received a note on a social media platform recently. I won't tell you which one because everybody wants to ban everybody right now. But I I received a note on a social media platform uh, about a month ago. Hey, Steve, I'm a big fan. One of the main reasons I came forward as an FBI whistleblower was your show's 2022 mantra, which is, let's find out. And the individual who sent that to me is a name that I know a lot of you have gotten to know in the last few weeks. Uh, Stephen Friend is here with us. 
and he is the FBI whistleblower who has come forward to talk about the partisan political activities within the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And um, from one Steve to another, brother, it is an honor to have you with us. Thank you for your service, your bravery. And I mean, I just it's a tremendous compliment to our program. And I wanted to thank you in front of our audience in person for that as well, Steve. Thank you for the opportunity, Steve. Like I said, I'm a big fan. Uh, a lot of the, the messages that your show puts forth uh, were a tremendous influence on me and, and my decision to ultimately uh, come forward with the information that I provided uh, to the public. Start with your background with the FBI. Kind of give us your your bio and resume, if you would. I began work for the FBI in 2014. Before that, I was a police officer. So I had some law enforcement experience. And that's one of the things that they look for uh, when they send people to a little more remote locations. So uh, I wound up in your home state, Iowa, for about seven years, was uh, working uh, violent crimes, major offenses happening on Indian reservations in northeast Nebraska. Uh, after uh, my tour of service there, I uh, was able to relocate closer to home for me. My, my home is in, in the state of Georgia, uh, and we wound up relocating to the great state of Florida, uh, Daytona Beach, last year over the summer of 2021. And the, uh, the transfer came with an understanding that I was going to be working uh, child pornography, child exploitation investigations. And I started to do that uh, for the first few months, but then the, the government fiscal year rolled over in October of last year, and I was reassigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force in my office and was told to concentrate my efforts on domestic terrorism. And uh, essentially, that, that just meant January 6th, just mm-hmm. by a sheer volume of cases. So just to reiterate, you began working with the FBI in 2014. Yes. Okay. And so I think that time is is important because one of the things people will try to do is say, uh, you're just a MAGA idiot, you know, that, uh, you know, came in uh, with your boy Trump and new enlightened progressive leadership came in and you are actually the partisan agent here, not the FBI. You were hired to go work for the FBI as a branch of the Department of Justice in the Obama era. So you had already worked, in, in, you know, for an FBI under a DOJ that was controlled by Democrats. A lot of the exact same people that are, frankly, running the show right now or their acolytes, right? You've already worked in that kind of an environment. Yes, I've worked under three different presidents, five attorney generals, two FBI directors in my time. Uh, and then, you know, you just you see they come and they go, Hobbs. Uh, <laughs> priorities change over time. And uh, I uh, you know, just kind of kept, have kept my head down and worked the cases that were in front of me. That was always just why I joined the FBI was to put bad guys in jail. So what changed here? It, what 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 did you see that prompted you to come forward that you didn't see under previous presidents and previous attorney general, Steve? So I, I can say that I've opened over 200 cases in my FBI career. Just the, the volume really is is uh, derivative of working uh, Indian reservation cases. There's just so many of them. So I saw this process play out lots and lots of times. Uh, the FBI has pretty strict guidance and rules on how you know cases are assigned and, and the offices that are assigned to work them and the agents that are assigned to manage them. So anytime I opened a case, it was assigned to me, my office that I worked for, with the exception of January 6th. Came in, um, I, I was late to the party on, on the, the J6 cases. The, uh, the JTTF members in my office had already been, been doing work on those. So they, they brought me into the cases. I looked at them. They were assigned to our office. We were the assigned case managers. But 
it was very clear that those cases were being managed from Washington, D.C., in a way that they would be directing us to perform certain tasks. And mm. that is, is not within the FBI guidelines. So you're not, in, you're not an independent entity any longer? No, no, mm. not with regard to January 6th. What would be the benign, innocent explanation for that? I, I think used that exact quote when I asked <laughs> and uh, was told that it was uh, for to, to gain buy-in from the field. Now, that's a term that was not within my repertoire and never seen it before. Uh, so I can only surmise what it meant. And, you know, I, I came to a couple different conclusions. One was that FBI headquarters just has a pretty macabre view of its field agents, thinking that, you know, unless we were assigned, we weren't going to go after these cases with the gusto. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty offended by that. I sort of pride myself on being a professional. If you ask me to do something for your case, which is completely within the rules, I'm going to pursue that with, you know, all intensity and, and, and professionalism that I would expect you to perform for me. Another aspect might be that, you know, the FBI field offices all have certain metrics. We, we budget kind of like a large corporation every year on, you know, number of cases we're expected to open. And, and that's actually tied to our management's uh, compensation and their salaries. Hmm. So this was perhaps a way to, to spread these cases out to the field, to, to boost the numbers around the field. And, and sort of a little bit higher level of thinking even on that kind of came to my ultimate conclusion. And, and that is just from being a consumer of the news and, and seeing statements by our elected officials and bureaucrats about domestic terrorism being on this huge nationwide rise and threat. That, uh, they could have just opened up one January 6th case in Washington, D.C., but instead chose to open up individual cases for every single person that was a suspect, spread them around the country, it was very clear to me that that was backfilling the statistical narrative that was necessary in order for you know, the attorney general, uh, anybody from the DOJ, even the president himself to stand up and say unequivocally that the greatest threat to America is this domestic terrorist uh, threat out there. And uh, here are the numbers that I have to prove it from your FBI, which is the collector of all criminal statistics for the country. I just want to go back and reset something you said a moment ago. Your your superiors are financially incentivized at the FBI on the basis of case volume and not case integrity? Yes. So there's a process at the end of every fiscal year where it's essentially um, middle management comes in for, for whatever their area of concentration is, sort of determines what the, the threat level is is and for any particular office. And, and that varies depending on where you are regionally. You know, obviously, if you're on the border, it's going to be different than if you're mm -hmm. in Michigan. There's just going to be different crimes. Uh, and it really is incumbent on the, super, the the special agent in charge of the respective field office to come back with headquarters to headquarters with you know their projection for the year with number of cases that they're expecting to open arrests they're going to have convictions different statistical accomplishments and they negotiate you know their salary package uh, sort of on that so there's an obviously an incentive that they're they're driving home for their own wallets uh, but there's also an incentive for the field office at large because you know promotions are tied to that, uh, even funding for you know for future actions. If if you're opening up a lot of cases, there's no secret that in the national security world, you know there's a lot of funds out there. If you're opening up cases, you're going to see a lot of them. You're going to have access to a lot of them, and uh, there's there's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of oversight in how you use those funds. That is problematic 
just as a general rule, regardless of any specific issue we're talking about. But let's let's return to the specific issue here beyond the the and, and it would be formidable enough, obviously, but beyond the big picture of taking direct orders uh, outside of the institution on how to conduct an investigation. So you're not hand, you're not handling things with an independent methodology to begin with. Uh, other than that, were there specific things asked of you or that you witnessed that sort of quantify what that looked like that troubled you? Absolutely. Uh, just uh, as a side note, I, I have my background in violent crime. Uh, I also have a background as a SWAT operator in FBI. I'm hardly the shrinking violet when it comes to putting bad guys in jail and, mm-hmm. and using you know, a strong methodology to, to bring them into custody. Uh, but the things that I saw were completely contrary to, to my experience in the FBI of, of bringing these you know, violent criminals in. The FBI liaises with locals. You know, in, in the 150 plus individuals I wound up arresting, I never once had to use a tactical team to do it because I relied on my, my local partners. So you know, just when arrests and search warrants are gonna be executed to me, it seemed that there was a, a tendency to, to use a heavy hand and, and I say that not because the, the crimes that they were accused of or being charged with were, were not terrible and, and, and horrible, and then they shouldn't face some, some, some justice for that, but just because there were individuals we'd spoken to already. And, uh, you know, they knew that we were involved in an investigation with them. So if they were a threat, they were an instant threat. If they were a flight risk, you just would have arrested them or something right there on site, correct? During when you had already talked with them. They, they were represented by attorneys. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if there was a need for them to be taken into uh, custody, if there was a need for us to collect specific evidence from just, them, just would have done it then, right? We could communicate to their attorney, hey, you know, uh, Steve Dace over there, who's a suspect here, we need to, he needs to surrender himself, mm-hmm. and he could bring himself in to do that. that, that that's very, very stat- standard for the FBI. What's the benign, innocent explanation for that? The punishment is the process hmm. and, and that is across the board for people who may have you know been doing things that were quite egregious to people who were just happened to be at the president trump's speech and meandered on over to the capitol and maybe walked into the capitol with the permission of a police officer which i i did have the you know opportunity to interview an individual who did that and you know he sat in a law office which i'm sure was not free to him and you know spoke with a couple of fbi agents sure that there was some some undue mental duress there uh, and informed us that it was the biggest mistake of his life and not for nothing that he he'd already lost his job and we had surveillance footage of him walking into the capitol peacefully asking a capitol police officer you know for permission to do so he didn't even walk into beyond a red velvet rope he told us he just was admiring the architecture and the artwork he was a dual citizen and just really was appreciating his first trip to the capitol we asked him if he took anything, and he apologetically said he took a free brochure that was on one of those racks for tourists, and he took it as a souvenir. Huh. Um, when you went to your superiors with your concerns, I've got about three minutes here. When you went to your superiors with your, with your concerns, Stephen, what was their reaction? Well, they immediately... Uh, all, at all three levels that I went to brought up the fact that maybe I needed to, to question whether or not I had a future with the FBI. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I cited the fact that I felt like I was within my training. We received training at, at the academy about, you know, uh, abuse of power. We go to the Holocaust Memorial, the MLK Memorial. And, and the lesson of that training is that it's incumbent on the FBI and agents to step up when they're confronting potential abuses of power. Otherwise, you know, we become an arm of it. Mm-hmm. I also said that, you know, we're potentially violating individual Sixth Amendments by not following our own rules. We, we might be you know, in, infringing on the Eighth Amendment with just the the, the cruel and unusual nature that, that we're pursuing here. Um, I heard some some pretty shocking responses from high levels of management. You know, one one individual who was an assistant special agent in charge asked me why I thought it was appropriate that people who did who uh, killed police officers at the Capitol were, should not be charged with a crime. It it didn't seem that he realized that 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 didn't happen that yeah. day. That was new information to him when I pushed back. I, uh, I was also told to do some soul searching by the special agent in charge of my field office, and uh, and and that to me was you know very very disheartening. And 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 finally, she said you know that I represented a very fringe belief within the FBI, and and that uh, you know it seemed to her that I had lost faith and, and and really needed to question whether or not I wanted to continue to be a special agent. What's your current status, Steve? I'm suspended without pay. Uh, I'm, I'm able to use my accrued uh, vacation time, but once that is gone, I, I will be unpaid. Uh, my suspension came down uh, a little over a month ago uh, for my refusal to participate in the January 6th uh, operations we had, and then also for improperly accessing the employee handbook, which I did at the direction of my attorney who asked me to get that for him so he could mount my defense. How do you improperly um, get a hold of an employee handbook? Isn't it the in- handbook it is and I, I suppose if I had printed it off in thousands of pages that would have been better but uh, I used a uh, an improper jump drive in the uh, in the system even though it was a blank jump drive that the FBI provided to me for reviewing child pornography so I assumed that it was safe hmm. so what's next I've got about a minute how, how do you want this to turn out I want this information to be given to the American population. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you vote for. Um, I, I was not a, uh, a a Trump voter in 2016 or 2020. Mm-hmm. That did not matter to me. What matters to me is that the FBI follows the Constitution, it follows its rules. Um, I just hope that this information gets into people's hands and that they give it a, a fair hearing and, and don't immediately default to my side versus your side, red versus blue jerseys. And, and, and then I just, uh, just want to have done my job and made, made the sacrifice for the right reasons. And, and, you know, let's find out meant that to me. Let's, hmm. let's find out if the FBI is willing to abide by its motto, fidelity, bravery, and most importantly to me, integrity. Just want to thank you for your service, the boldness and bravery you showed to come forward um, and put it on the line. And um, we got your back. If there's anything else that we can do, let us know. Please keep us up to date on on how your story uh, evolves. We want to cover it, and uh, we'll do what we can to support you, brother. All right? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You got it, Steve. God bless you, man. Appreciate it. So... We're up against the break here. I definitely want to get you guys' feedback on this. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm that I, that's still stuck in my craw is incentivizing a power like the FBI by the amount of cases 
it pursues the volume, not the integrity or the results of those cases. There might be a problem with that, you think, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have some commentary and more when we come back. We'll get to fake news or not as well. Stay tuned. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Don't forget that you can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. The Russians literally just hacked my email. Literally. I just logged on to my email. I'm like, where am I getting 300? This email cannot be sent. And it's a lot of stuff, if shall we say, dubious Hunter Biden types of content if you catch my drift I right do. yeah so right away i can tell the email has been hacked get a hold of corporate here during the last break they just sent me a screenshot of who hacked my email and where the uh where the emails that they've been trying to send out from my account have been coming from and i kid you not it's russia we finally found something that the russians actually the Russians actually did it this time. Well, the State Department did put out that Literally. warning about election integrity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... There you go. So uh, I think we have successfully uh, evicted, uh, our IT department has successfully evicted the Russians from my email account. All right. Uh, so you can safely email us again, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. And you can get real clips of the show that are free and also free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, that's D-E-A-C-E. All of you that are podcast listeners, thank you so much. You're a big part of our audience. Please, if you've yet to do so, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow and help us to find more potential fans of the show just like you. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. Also, thanks to our friends over at jacemedical.com because they have stepped into the breach here. Uh, look at them sort of as the My Patriot supply of antibiotics. Because, you know, it's not like we have any recent precedents at all that they might try to take safe and effective drugs that you've been using for decades and suddenly claim that they're dangerous and should be banned. Can you think of an example of that? That's happening recently? Yeah, a few. Uh, who knows? Uh, the, uh, you know, a few years ago, the idea that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were not safe Budenicide, not safe. Aspirin, not safe. I mean, inhalers, not safe. Everybody would have laughed, except they tried to say all those things were not safe during COVID. Who knows? Maybe next time it's amoxicillin. Maybe next time it's doxycycline. All right, so go to Jace Medical, J-A-S-E. J as in Jeff, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Get the pack of five different courses of antibiotics so, so that... The next time they try to do this to you, you are prepared. It takes just a few minutes. Medication is dispensed by their licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost after you answer a few questions. And then um, you can use the code DACE10 for 10% off. DACE10 is the code for 10% off when you go to jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical.com. All right, before we get to fake news or not, where I'm going to put myself for, uh, for scrutiny, some thoughts from you gentlemen on the interview we just had with Stephen Friend, the FBI whistleblower who came forward uh, recently about the partisan political activity within the FBI. 
Some of the things that he revealed to us is the January 6th investigation was being directed not from within the FBI, but from elements outside of the FBI. So right away now, it's not an independent investigation. Uh, his superiors at the FBI were uh, and currently are being incentivized financially on the volume of cases they pursue and open, not necessarily the integrity of those cases. I mean, imagine imagine an organization with the power that the FBI has just sitting around looking to, you know, um, they've got a quota they've got to meet, like a cop with a radar gun on, a, on an interstate. In that case, it's just, you know, 50 to 100 bucks for a ticket. Here we're talking about entities that have the power to ruin you and end your life just, just by making you under suspicion. And we are incentivizing them along those lines. Forget that January 6th ever happened. Wouldn't that, would you not feel a little like, uh, about that, just that truth in and of itself, even without a January 6th event? Sure you would. They were taking people they had already interviewed and interviewed with legal counsel that they could have said, all right, you need to turn yourself in now. We're charging you now. They didn't. And then essentially sent in SWAT teams to do it later. And he said, hey, I've, I can't tell you how many violent criminals I've arrested and gone after. I've never had to send a SWAT team in after someone, let alone a guy who admitted to us sheepishly that he stole a brochure out of the Capitol. So what's the benign? He said, I even asked my superiors your question, Steve. What's the benign innocent explanation for all this? And their answer was, you should do some soul searching about whether you want to continue working here or not. Gentlemen, your thoughts as you listen to that conversation with Stephen Friend, the FBI whistleblower. Well, uh, there's commercials going on here uh, locally in Iowa about uh, Back the Blue. And in terms of the candidate that uh, it's promoting, uh, it works and I understand it. But as I've criticized on the show before, remember, uh, the police are the branch of government that have the sticks and the guns and they arrest people uh, and just giving them an automatic pass is a bad idea. And the FBI, not very long ago, with all the politicization in uh, the federal government in Washington, D.C., I'm sure it wouldn't even come close on the top 20 of politicized uh, entities within the federal government. But now, Bonelli. This is as dangerous an entity in all of government. And if it's not on the top of your list of something that needs to be gutted and gutted uh, quickly, you don't understand what time it is. Because, listen, they're playing with house money. Our lawyer, uh, uh, mutual lawyer friend, I've said this on the show as well. Oh, he always uh, warned me, you know, once it gets to the federal level, it, that's not where the Constitution is emboldened the most. It's actually where it goes to die the quickest. Mm. You are uh, very often, because of the weight of the federal government, you basically are guilty until proven innocent. And that's clearly what's happening with uh, Stephen Friend, and he works there. And again, so it begs the question, if they are doing this to him, what do you think they are prepared to you to to you? This is not a knee jerk, just back the blue. They, these are cor as corrupt, swampy a creature in D.C. These federalized cops as any that's ever existed within federal government in American history. And I mean to to confirm what you just said, 
if what he's alleging is true, why was he the guy that came forward? How come 50 of them didn't? How come 100 of them didn't? How come 500 of them didn't? See what I'm saying? Well, yeah. If he's if what he's alleging is true, why didn't more people come forward? Well, it speaks to those bon. It's it's linked to those bonuses you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Th- these guys have a, a lot of agendas for working there. They're just following orders. Yeah. Yeah. And they're getting paid, yo. And I think it's important to note, Aaron, and I wanted to make sure I I, I set his career timeline with him. He started working there in 2014. Under that would have been the. Uh, Eric Holder and uh, what was the gal that uh, Susan Page is that no it's another one uh, that took his place eventually but that was the Obama Justice Department and the Obama Rice? FBI uh, yeah was it Susan Rice I is that think who we're so. thinking of yeah. okay that was the Obama Department of Justice that he started working there and so you know he what was it three different presidents five different attorney generals and he just said this was not the way we did business even in the Eric Holder era when I worked here before. Your thoughts on that interview, Aaron? So I'm not sure my commentary could really add more oomph to what we've already heard, just the, the revelations that we've already heard. There is one thing, though, that really stuck out in my mind in that entire interview. And it was when Friend was talking about the FBI's decision, instead of opening up one case on January 6th, to open a case on each person who was even in the vicinity mm-hmm. of the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. And he dropped a line or a phrase there, a term. He said this was all to pursue the, quote, statistical narrative that they were looking for. The statistical narrative. I think this gives us an insight in how the spirit of the age, at least in the West, really works. Does that sound familiar to you? Statistical narrative. We had on, I think, buy, sell, hold, or maybe it was uh, some other segment not too long ago the Mount Rushmore pillars of the entire COVID scamdemic. And what was one of those pillars we all agreed? It was asymptomatic spread. And what did they use? What did they use as the statistical narrative of asymptomatic spread? It was the testing scamdemic. That was another example of trying to shape the statistical narrative. If you go uh, anywhere, you have to get tested. If you want to do anything, got to get tested. Mm -hmm. That's really an insight in, I think, how the spirit of the age operates. And it has for a long time. It's just gotten much more on the nose in recent years. And as I've said before, it doesn't matter if it's COVID. doesn't matter if it's the January 6th scam. Whatever the next scam is, they're just going to make up the data They're just going to make up the data. Is it true that there's uh, several hundred open cases stemming from January 6th? Yeah. What's not true, what's obfuscated, what's what's a denial of reality, what's not, what's untrue is that each one of these, each one of these cases necessarily was worth pursuing. And that's the, that's the entire crux of the matter, whether it's greed from the FBI trying to get more money for how many cases they open up, or it's that statistical narrative. I tend to lean towards the latter. This is how this government and the spirit of the age operates. It's not based on anything other than twists and lies. The, I think the answer is yes. And I I love the way you linked COVID there, Aaron. 
So was it a statistical narrative to justify turning you into a lab rat for uh, big pharma in a biomedical fascist state and in order to, to, to gain an unquestioned amount of control and kickstart the Great Reset? Or was it because hospitals and, and medical facilities were given huge financial incentives to list COVID as a cause of an of a admission or a death in their coding because they were getting paid off? Yes. This is how the spirit of the age operates. The first level is you're an acolyte. You're a true believer. You believe in the agenda. The second is, well, that doesn't work. We're going to probably trust that you don't really have any convictions at all. You don't have really any integrity at all. So we'll just buy you off. We'll just turn you into a mercenary, right? Yeah. We'll turn you into a Hessian. Either you're a disciple, you're an acolyte, or you're a Hessian. And the reality is, barring a rightful, reverential fear of God, how many people would fit into one of the other two camps? Almost everybody. Yeah. Almost everybody. I mean, every now and then you'll get some principled, you know, libertine like a Bill Maher who just wants to live his life as the Maquis de Sade and, you know, till, you know, he gets put in the ground. But there's really not many people like that, right? There's just not. Either you have some theistic, transcendent guide that causes you to not conform instantly to groupthink and peer pressure. Or you're the one applying the pressure or the one succumbing to it. That's just the reality of human nature. Without that, without that transcendent guidance, you'll succumb. Either because... You've been taken in by it or got to pay the bills. In Aaron's point about statistics, I want to make it even more overt. If uh, on levels like uh, both COVID and now January 6th, it's this level of existential f- for people. They're, they're, they're indefinitely in prison. They're now dying from this jab. But if you are being manipulated at a statistical level, mm-hmm. you know what they don't view you as? A human with rights Correct. and dignity. Correct. And Loretta Lynch, I think, was the Eric oh, Holder Loretta successor. Lynch, Thank yeah. you to several of you that emailed that to me. Uh, so many crooks, Susan Rice, Loretta Lynch. I mean... It's a Hydra at this point. Yes. But yeah, I think it was specifically Loretta Lynch. All right, let's get to fake news or not. Uh, brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. What is not fake news is that you've got over 360 joints from your neck down to your feet. That can be, um, while hugely crucial to maintain daily activity as we age, they can also become uh, serious receptors for inflammation as we age as well. And that's, that's likely, unless you have something clinical happening, that is likely the chronic cause of the lingering and, uh, and annoying and pesky stiffness, achiness, uh, soreness that just won't let go in your back, your knees, your hips, your legs, etc. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like the one I use at Omega XL, backed by three decades of clinical research, and and I've been using it daily now for the last three years. Omega XL is an outstanding product. I take it with me wherever I go, and I would recommend you take them up right now on their buy one, get a second bottle for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 800-844-4888, 800-844-4888.
All right, so Friday after we got done with the show, some of the uh, right-wing watchdog groups out there, uh, right-wing watch, Mediate, and others, uh, decided to glom on to some of what we had been discussing on the program. And in particular, my use of terms to describe the policies pursued by Democrats as demonic, satanic, etc., uh, Mediate specifically took issue with if you're voting, if you're, when I said if you're voting for Democrats, you're essentially voting for dudes to drop their hairy nutsacks uh, on your kids. S.E. Cup looked at these. Apparently, she's still doing a show somewhere um, and, and, and tweeted at me before deleting it. I need to get help. And so I thought, hey, I, I don't want to use such terms cavalierly. We used to have a ban on this show on Nazi references. I was a strict enforcer of Godwin's law, which is that eventually if human beings argue with each other long enough, one of them will eventually call the other one a Nazi, okay, or make a Nazi reference. Unfortunately, I just kept seeing actual direct comparisons to Nazi um, tactics and principles that I eventually had to lift that moratorium. Then ended up writing a book called The Fourth Reich. (laughs) It'll be out next year. Um, I want to make sure we take a biblical worldview on this show very seriously. And so I want to make sure that we're not for rhetorical flourishes, Todd likes to put it, or for effect, or as Rush used to say, illustrating absurdity by being absurd. Uh, we do not want to caricature evil on this program. We don't want to do that. I'm dead serious. We don't want to throw around terms like demonic or satanic loosely, cavalierly. So is my invoking of such imagery and terminology... Is that fake news or not? I have assembled for you a list. These are all things that appeared in my Twitter feed last week. Last week. All right. So from Monday, October 17th through Sunday, October 23rd. These are just things that appeared in my Twitter feed last week. So I'm not cherry picking here. I'm not picking a particularly week of bad news. I'm not taking from one month and another to craft a narrative. I'm just going to what happened last week and what was in my Twitter feed last week. I'm going to share this list with you. You tell me if, if, if my invoking of satanic and uh, demonic imagery is fake news or not. Headline, moment transgender singer strips naked live on channel four and plays the keyboard with her penis. Let's keep them rolling. Record 2.4 million immigrants illegally crossed border in fiscal year 2022, almost 4 million total under Biden. That's an invasion. Stacey Abrams, having children is why you're worried about your price of gas. How much food costs? Kill your kid to save yourself money. It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States correlation between booster and excess mortality in Europe like direct correlation you can see on the graph trans activist Dylan Mulvaney will be one of six speakers at the presidential forum this weekend six 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 speakers to sit down with President Biden to address trans rights why six couldn't have gone with five couldn't have gone with 12 why do you think they chose six do you think Todd what an odd number to choose right six 
who doesn't know. go who doesn't go in a situation and say you know six would be the perfect number am i, am I being churchy or judgy if i take a gander at that just just seems like an odd coinky dink anyway let's continue on here breaking protesters become triggered as matt walsh takes the stage at his event the rally to end child mutilation here in nashville tennessee at the state capitol who thought they would live to see the day that in tennessee they need to have a rally to end <laughs> child mutilation right right uh, progressive white woman says the Muslim Americans in Dearborn are like Hitler because they don't want to have a how-to guide to, quote, handies, quote, blowies, and, quote, sex apps in the school library. Health officials begin offloading stocks at truly unprecedented rates in January 2020, well before the COVID-19 emergency was declared, with HHS officials selling 60% more stock in January 2020 than the previous 12 months. What a just, man, those guys just have... Get your stock tips from employees at the Department of Health and Human Services. They clearly have a knack for knowing when to buy low and sell high, right? Sure, that's just another random transaction and occurrence. Uh, preprint endonucleus fingerprint indicates a synthetic origin of SARS-CoV-2. So that's kind of cool. Um, Breaking, Biden Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has announced the Department of Defense will pay for all members of the military to travel to kill babies in abortions. So there's that. Uh, Today, the CDC's Vaccine Advisory Committee unanimously voted to include the COVID-19 vaccine in the childhood vaccine schedule. This will effectively protect Pfizer and Moderna from any liability for their poisonous jabs. This is going great so far. His organs were all healthy, his heart, absolutely nothing wrong with him, and yet talented high school senior collapses and dies on stage while performing at an all-state event nevertheless. I mean, we've gotten how many stories this kid's just randomly dropping dead in choir and show choir events all our lives, right? That's why you and I, we played football instead. Choir was so dangerous. Yes. We just saw the kids just dropping dead like right I, in the middle of our town. I wasn't going to play roulette like that. Yeah, Exactly. Take my chances with a concussion, baby. You bet. Uh, Biden cites God in predicting defeat of pro-lifers. We're going to see what happens all over America. God willing. So that was nice. One in 500 children under five years who received the Pfizer mRNA COVID vaccine hospitalized with a vaccine injury. One in 200 had symptoms ongoing for weeks or months afterwards. A study in the Journal for the American Medical Association finds. The plan for the next pandemic from the Biden administration, according to Bloomberg, number one, minimum 130 day lockdown to start the pandemic. Number two, no reasonable randomized trial or safety testing before deploying a novel vaccine at scale. Number three, support of gain of function work for EVs. Sounds safe and wholesome. Where are all the dads while their daughters get clubbed like this? Here's a high school girl getting her face rearranged in a volleyball match because the guy pretending to be a girl spiked the ball right in her grill. So we saw that a lot when we were growing up too, right? Just dudes just hopping out of the stands and spiking the chicks in the face with the volleyball. Just the price of doing business. That's why there was always an ambulance stationed outside of all the girls' volleyball matches. It happened constantly. Happy International Pro Down Day to you, whether you are Z-Zem, She-Her, Day-Dem, He-Him, They-Them, Fay-Fair. No, that is not a Kanye West rant. That is actually a tweet from the LGBTQFU Foundation. It's my duty as a cardiologist. Did we decide what this gentleman's name was? No. Okay. Uh, his, this guy. Uh, it's my duty as a cardiologist to urgently inform you, every doctor, patient, and member of the public, that the mRNA product is a likely contributory factor in all 
unexpected cardiac arrest, heart attacks, strokes, cardiac arrhythmias, and heart failures since 2021 until proven otherwise. This event in an Oregon bar, open to people of all ages, child drag queens performing over the weekend. A child starring in a controversial drag queen event in Eugene, Oregon, is revealed to have been mentored by a local drag queen star who was recently arrested on child sex abuse offenses. And Antifa is organizing security for the event. So there you have Isengard and Mordor combining together as the two towers. Gender-affirming mastectomies for children soared 389% from 2016 to 2019. That's the doctor of island, the doctor of uh, the island of Dr. Moreau, I should say there. So that's cool. Here's a video of a group of adult men leading little girls in sexually charged twerking at a festival in Austin, Texas. And because we uh, don't want to go to hell, we won't show it to you. Um, so, but just that's what that video is. Karine, or Karen, I should say, Jean-Pierre, uh, says that if there are enough votes in Congress, the first piece of legislation Biden will send to the Hill next year, the number one priority, number one, making Roe the killing of babies the law of the land. That's their number one priority. Kill them all. Kill them all. Pfizer's CEO, the horse doctor himself, Albert Borland, claiming the efficacy of a vaccine in children is 80%, as in preventing infections. It doesn't prevent infections for anybody, and it never, it never did. I attended another all-ages drag bunch, another, 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 another all-ages drag bunch in Plano, Texas over the weekend. Our colleague Sarah Gonzalez shot the footage that includes, my hoo-ha is good, my hoo-ha is sweet, good enough to eat. Blank me all night. There you can see a nice little girl sitting right there in the front row taking all that in. So that's totes cool, right? This doesn't seem demonic or satanic, this litany of things I tweeted were in my Twitter feed last week at all. Endless gray areas, Steve. Indeed. Contrary to his last media tour, Dr. Fauci was in fact the point person on shutting down schools in America. This is Tom Elliott at Grabian who just collects clips in the media and this is an entire thread of him showing sharing clips of Anthony Fauci advocating for the continued shutdowns of schools in 2020 and 2021. That's what that thread is there. A few more. U.S. researchers at Boston University have developed a new lethal COVID mutant strain in a laboratory echoing the type of experience, experiments many feared started the pandemic. Why not? The Netherlands starts serving mealworms in schools as a, quote, sustainable meat substitute to meet World Economic Forum's 2030 objectives. That looks just positively scrumptious. Here's the last thing. A Quebec doctor has suggested that infants with, quote, severe deformations and, quote, very grave and severe medical syndromes should be eligible for assisted death. Now, those were all things that showed up in my Twitter feed last week. Last week. Not over the course of this year. A month. Several years. Last week. Last week. So am I fake news or not for invoking imagery and references to demonic agendas and satanic constructs? Gentlemen, your thoughts. I'll answer this way. The most common theme that you highlighted is uh, demonic men preying on children. Mm -hmm. That's what she specifically, S.E. Cup, referenced. Mm -hmm. Steve, do you recall back in the day when she was a young right-wing wonderkind of some kind when people on the left came at her with pornography do you remember this i don't know her head i remember this it was superimposed onto pornography oh i do remember this now and she yeah. was a victim yeah 
she said uh, she claimed to be a victim so that was bad she would she did now she didn't get directly exposed to it her likeness was put on a picture that was bad but now she's coming after you as the language is too strong when children are being sexually hunted directly hmm. se cup you actually have admitted before that you have sought out therapy for your anxiety and i think maybe you are the one who needs to seek out more because if you do not understand how much more severe this is than what happened to you as an adult back in the day you need to get out of this business you do not understand what time it is and you are the reason that children are being hunted because you will not do what must be done to protect them you should be ashamed of yourself se cup this Reaction from Cup is the same reaction that most people had to the movie Bros. When you shove it in my face and tell me what it really is and show me what it really is and depict imagery that shows you what it really is. Guess what? I'm not so down with the rainbow either. Or at least as not as much as I thought. So when you really shove people's faces, show them what the rainbow jihad, show them what the Democrat party, show them what the spirit of the age really is, and you distill it down into a pithy one-liner that is gross to listen to, but true nonetheless, her reaction instead of saying, I don't want that is, you're the problem. Get help. That's a mind... And I hope not a soul, but that's, that's a mind that's been given over. That's a mind that's been given over. Maybe the insulation of where is she on? Is, she, is that CNN now? I don't know. I, I don't know where uh, she is. Is it H? I can't remember. It's either HLN or CNN. I can't remember. Maybe the insulation of that, whatever network she's on now, is good enough to, where she's able to escape from these realities. I highly doubt that. Instead, it's just a stiff neck, a deaf ear, and a mind that's been given over. It's sad, really, at the end of the day. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, we'll get to Pop Culture Tuesday here in just a moment. First, a word from our friends over at Patriot Mobile. You don't have a lot of options these days to avoid doing businesses with people who hate you, which is why when such an option, um, it presents itself rare as it is these days. Make sure you take full advantage of it with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. You'll probably get the same coverage that you're getting from your communist mobile phone carrier right now because pretty much everybody uses the same network and same towers. I know what you're thinking. We've got multiple lines. It'll be a big hassle. Our family thought the same thing until we made the switch about this time last year. The outstanding customer service team uh, over at um at Patriot Mobile, they did such great work for us, man. They made it absolutely seamless, which is why we are pretty confident to do the exact same thing for you. If you go to make the switch and you're a veteran or first responder, let them know and they will give you extra savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us right now, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve. Free activation with the offer code Steve when you make the switch at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or... 
just call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. All right, so I've been asked to do this. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism each week at this time on the show. I've been asked to do this before. Several of you guys have emailed me over the years asking this, and I've kind of you know made suggestions here and there, but I've never put a, a, like a, a comprehensive list together. Are there, if you want to get into spooky season here, are there family-friendly, not too terrifying, not too obscene, not too gross and disgusting, you know, fair um, that, uh, you know, uh, we could watch as a family? And what kind of stuff did you guys do when your kids were little for a family movie night? And so I put together a list here of 10 that I would recommend, and I've ranked them in the order uh, of how good I think they are. Okay. And I would say these were probably the 10 things that when our kids were growing up, uh, these were the most popular. Number one, it's going to be a movie. A lot of, you know, Hocus Pocus or the origin of the cast of the view. All right. Um, I have not seen the, that was a joke. I've not seen, <laughs> I've not seen the sequel that went direct to streaming, but it's the, terrible. The, 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 According to yeah, no, the Rotten yeah. Tomato, uh, not good. All right, so they they try to, uh, from what I've heard, they they try to make Christians into the bad guys. Ah, uh, gotcha. For uh, for casting these witches out, they were really just misunderstood the whole time. Yes, so. yeah, just a misunderstood coven. Okay, so maybe you might want to reconsider having that on your list. But it is the original is a cute and very well made film that has kind of been considered one of the you know contemporary halloween classics in recent years uh number number nine on my list comes from one of my favorite books when i was a little kid the house with the clock in its walls by my starring my doppelganger jack black which i've never understood many people have said i look like jack black i don't get the i get the whole campbell soup kid reference i completely get that one okay I, i i will own that i don't get the jack black doppelganger thing at all do you guys get that yeah, if you had long, scraggly hair and got rid of the glasses. Okay, all right. You get that then? Uh, the the hair. Okay. Would be the, I mean, I've seen Jack Black with glasses too, but you, if you and you've never ever been close that I at least in the time I've known you. I mean, your haircut has always been exactly what I'm looking at. Right I've had now. I've had the same haircut since like the seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, well, there it is. Yeah, but uh, the the film version with um, uh, Kate Winslet and uh, Jack Black is good. The book's better, but the the film version is very good, uh, and it's about a house that has a doomsday clock in its walls. And back when we were little kids, you can watch this on YouTube. Back when we were little kids, Vincent Price did a uh, a, a Halloween special for kids on famous Halloween or spooky stories and spooky books. And there were little vignettes, includes the legend of Sleepy Hollow. We'll get to my favorite version of that coming up here in a minute on the list. Uh, But one of the vignettes they do is uh, the house with a clock in its walls. Okay. I mean, I loved that Halloween special when I was a kid. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Just, you know, search Vincent Price Halloween special and it'll come up on the list. But uh, the movie version is good. Not as good as the another Jack Black offering that will appear later on this list. Um, in fact, it'll appear right now. Number eight is the uh, Goosebumps movie uh, with Jack Black playing R.L. Stein. They did a sequel a couple, uh, you know, years later that was not very good. 
kind of terrible actually. But this one is was very, very well done and a lot of fun. And our whole family went and saw it at the movies a few years ago when it came out and everybody loved it. Uh, number seven on my list is the Mummy reboot starring Brendan Fraser from 1999. Do you remember this one? Yeah. This movie's very good. Um, I think it's... Uh, don't confuse it with uh, Universal tried to start its own sh- well Universal had the first shared universe in Hollywood history with the original Universal monsters you know Bella, Bella Lugosi's Dracula Boris Karloff's uh, Frankenstein um, and and so that was the first shared universe they wanted to reboot this a couple of years ago with Russell Crowe kind of as the Nick Fury who is uh, Dr. Jekyll who oversees a uh, basically the, the, the search for and the detaining of and the defeat of these monsters. And they tried to reboot this with Tom Cruise and The Mummy. That movie's bad. I mean, very bad. The 1999 The Mummy with Brendan Fraser is really good, really well done. Also inspired a very underrated ride at Disney World, which I think they've closed now. But uh, Universal or Universal, I should say. Uh, it, there, it's under it's under maintenance. I, that's okay. my favorite ride at Universal. Because okay. yeah. we went to ride it last year and it was and we thought it was gone. Maybe it was just because it was closed for maintenance. OK, um, number six on my list comes from my favorite Disney ride as a kid, the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. One of my favorite stories with Noah and Zoe is we went to watch this for a family movie night. We got about 10 minutes into it when they were little and they were like, we, we got to go to the bathroom and they had to go to the bathroom, did not come back. We took that as our cue that maybe it was a little too much for them and turned it off. But this movie, they're remaking it right now and they're going to be, there's going to be an updated version of it next year, which I'm sure will have 17 trans kids and, you know, uh, a dude with leather chaps who twerks the original from about 20 years ago here with Eddie Murphy is very good. Number five on my list is maybe I could make an argument in this kind of, you know, post Shrekian Pixar era of animation movies. This might be the most underrated one. Monster House is terrific. It is well written, has tremendous special effects. Um, While there's no, you know, obscene or profane language, these kids are like right on the edge of puberty. And so there are some, if you're going to watch it with really little kids, you need to know that these kids that are in the movie are on the edge of puberty. And so some of the things that they're kind of noticing for the first time in one another, if you kind of catch my drift and where I'm coming from here, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those things get brought up. Okay. They're not brought up, you know, profanely or anything, but they are referenced. So you should know that if you go to watch it with little ones. Okay. But the quality of the animation and the quality of the storytelling monster house is one of those movies that when you watch it, you're like, I can't believe more people did not see this in the theater. It's terrific. It's very well done. It might be the best of the modern, you know, that kind of CGI Pixar style that they really pioneered with the first Shrek and everybody's kind of followed in those footsteps since that came out. Um, in that era of animation, that this might be the most underrated one. It's really a, a good movie. Number four is Signs with M. Night Shyamalan. Um, has a powerful story about a priest who was uh, Episcopal priest who has lost his way after the tragic death of his wife and has kind of lost his faith. And um, then the world gets invaded by aliens. And of all things, of all the things to, to kind of trigger the rediscovery uh, of his spirituality, that's the event. Mel Gibson's great in the movie, Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, these are two of the greatest actors, you know, 
of the last 30 years. And they're both terrific. The, the storytelling's terrific. When the, when the alien shows up at the end, you're kind of, uh, but up until that point, it's, it's Hitchcock level of greatness. Can I add an addendum as well? If you are a very sensitive 9, 10, 11 year old like I was, this movie terrified me. Hmm. Like, uh, so, so maybe just ju- know your kids. You yeah. know your kids. And that, so. that, that, a lot of people send me notes. Hey, is this too scary for my seven-year-old, my ten-year-old? You know your kids better. Okay. By the when we saw when we saw the haunted mansion, our kids were too little. All right. When we saw when we when we did signs for family movie night, they were already you know ten, eleven, twelve, and older, so they were fine with it. So, you know your kids, but there's some things that we know that just kids of any age don't need to see. Right? I tried not to put any movies on this list that would you know include that. Number four is a movie I have loved since I was a kid. It's the Disney adaptation of Ray Bradbury's classic story, Something Wicked This Way Comes. It's hard to find. You can't get it on any streaming platform. Uh, a lot of times you just have to actually go and buy it. But it is absolutely phenomenal. And Disney made this movie, I think, around 82, 83. It was their first attempt to make um, kind of a Disney horror film. In some respects, what we're attempting to do with Nefarious. And the story centers around a demonic circus troupe. That it, it's a little, it predates Stephen King's need, Needful Things by at least 15 years, Bradbury's version, but it's very similar. Uh, a demonic circus troupe shows up, performance troupe shows up in a town, small, out-of-the-way town, and starts granting wishes. And we get into Devil and Daniel Webster, monkey paw territory, be careful what you wish for, right? And finally, uh, it's very... Um, family affirming finally one of the dads catches on to what is happening played by jason robards remember him yeah and stands up to it okay even though he's kind of he's too old to be a a dad with a little kid kind of had the oops kid you know when he was in his 50s with his wife right okay um and so he's a little old and past his prime to be taken on bullies but he figures out what is going on and stands up to um the leader and i'm trying to remember who's the guy who plays the lead tim uh I'll have to look it up. British actor. You guys have seen him in a ton of stuff. He's phenomenal as basically Satan, right? So there's a, there are some definite spiritual parallels here and it's really good. It's just really hard to find. I'm at, but I've loved this movie since I was a little kid. All right. Next on the list. What are we at? Number three, two, number two. Thank you. I keep forgetting the amount, uh, the numbers were on here. My bad. All right. This is my favorite version of one of my favorite stories, the maybe the first truly great, purely American short story, I want to say by Irving Washington, I want to say, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. This was done by Disney in the 50s. It's Washington Irving. Right? Or Washington Irving, thank you. Uh, this was done by Disney in the 50s, and it's in a double feature called The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So there's a takeoff of The Wind in the Willows, in the first half, which is another classic story, obviously. And then the second half is Bing Crosby reading just perfectly reading and narrating the legend of sleepy hollow. The, the, the quality of the storytelling is great. It's being friggin' Crosby guys. So, I mean, you know, we're sticking the landing and even the East German judge gave it a 10.5. All right. I highly recommend this. I watch it even, even though my kids don't want to do this stuff anymore. They're too old. I just watch this by myself every year. 
I mean, sometimes in the summertime when it's like 70,000 degrees outside, right? And you're down in the basement, you're kind of wishing it was fall. You know what I mean? I'm, I'll just turn this on sometimes in July and watch it for 20 minutes. I, I can't tell you how many times throughout my entire life I've watched it. It's absolutely terrific. Highly would recommend it. That's why it's number two on the list. So what would be better than that? Come on. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Do I have to say anything more? So that's the list, gentlemen. Any thoughts on that? Well, I'm Aaron. I'm most interested. How much of this? I, I was surprised. They, seen, this this uh, does bridge generations. Hocus Pocus, the Mummy. We just watched both the the first two of the reboot over the summer, or maybe this fall. Seen Hocus Pocus, the Mummy, Signs, and uh, it's the Great Pumpkin. That's it. Uh, the only one that I would say, so the mummy has some scary, mo- scary moments, but for whatever reason, signs just got under my skin. That's the only one that I'd say and is, is truly, uh, um, truly scary or at least scared, used to scare me. Now that I've watched it a couple of times that I'm older, I agree. It's a, it's actually a very underrated movie all the way around. Uh, Jonathan Price, by the way, that's who plays oh, yeah. the devil. And something wicked this way comes. Forgive me, Aaron. Yeah, so I, I, I was I've never really been that big of a Halloween guy because it's the devil's Halloween uh, holiday, you know. Um, but I have uh, now that I've gotten older, I have watched a few of these classics, and they're fun. They're fun. I would just reiterate again: just know your kids, mm-hmm. know your kids, and uh, it always helps if you've seen so, these before they have. So. Signs is on there. Is any M. Night Shyamalan movie bad or good just because it's M. Night Shyamalan potentially on this list? Because there's any other any other one. Yeah, because there's nothing. Well, well, if this if we were not doing a list for kids, um, I would put Signs is or or the or um, the Sixth Sense, of course, is a classic, one of the great horror films of the last thirty years. So that would be on the list. But you want to know the visit is an incredible horror movie. It's just not a family-friendly movie that you sit around and watch with your kids, all right? And it tells the story of two kids whose parents are going through a bitter divorce or have gone through a bitter divorce. And um, mom is running off with her new boyfriend, I believe, and leaves the kids with the grandparents. Except something is wrong with the grandparents. It's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's, 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 it's at least the third best movie he's done. And if it's the third, it's not, it's, it's not far below signs or the sixth sense. It's just by the time the visit came out, he had had so many terrible flops that it, it didn't have, like if that had been the movie after signs, it had been a $200 million movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But because he had so many years of terrible flops between those films, it, it lacked some juice, but um, the visit is incredible. And then the movie with um, James McAvoy, Split is mm-hmm. incredible too. Those would See, be the didn't... four best movies that Shyamalan has done in my view. Oh, I, you didn't even men- mention the best one. I, I know I'm in the minority, but I think the best one's Unbreakable. I think that's just... I, I know a lot of people like that That's movie. just brilliant. All right, before we get out of here, a word about Rough Greens. It's the supplement for your pet because your pet needs one for the same reason you do. 
because they do the same thing to your pet's food they did to yours. They took a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients out of it before it ever left the factory. That's why you've got to put more vitamins, minerals into your body separately or supplementally. Now you need to do it with your pet with Rough Greens. But you might be wondering, what if my pet doesn't like it when I mix it in with this food? What if it doesn't make a difference? We're paying 485% more inflation. I don't need another expenditure. You're right. That's why we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free when you go to roughgreens.com or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. And they spell it R-U-F-F. You pay for the shipping, but the bag, the bigger expense is on us to give it a shot. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in 14 days or less when you go to roughgreens.com or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. We're going to stick around, look at my forecast two weeks from today with the midterms and the overtime for subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.